You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. It's not enough to talk about, about one of the elite offenses and the young horse and Patrick Mahomes against the old goat and Tom Brady and Bruce Arians is there and Antonio Brown is there. And I mean, to me, there's so many storylines. Now it's got to be, is this the biggest Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes will ever play in? So I, I guess, you know, stay tuned for that one because I've seen that all over the place now. Is this going to be the biggest? He's in the Super Bowl, for God's sakes. He's in the second Super Bowl of his career. Now we're going to rank, is this going to be the most important game he's going to ever play in? I mean, how, how, can we, how can we have any idea? If, in fact, that is the case. It's a huge game. They're all, I would think the Super Bowls, in its own right, are just, they're just huge to begin with. So uh, I look forward to that conversation this coming week. But I can't wait for the game, and I am saddened, to be honest with you. And I truly mean this, and I'm not kidding. The fact that, and I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself tomorrow. There's no football. And we talked about it on DCR from 5 to 8 Monday through Friday a bunch of times this week. And we're a month into that show. And we'll discuss that a little bit later on. But we're Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock in the morning, leading up to KJZ here on 98.7. And I am, I mean, I'm going to, tomorrow's going to be a very difficult day for me. And I know a lot of you probably hear that and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's funny. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, typically, I wake up on a Sunday, and it's like, all right, we, you know, you, you do whatever you have to do. You have breakfast. You hang out with the kids. You, you do whatever errands are necessary, and then you lock into what your day now morphs into, which is surrounding football. And I've had that for since September, right? Since, since when the season starts, September 12th or whatever the date was. And, and now we're going to have a Sunday. With no, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I mean, um, um, I guess maybe we'll, we'll watch a show. Uh, for Ted Lasso is good, but I— I don't know. I think tomorrow's going to be a very difficult day. And the next Sunday you get it back, and then it's ripped away again for forever. And, and I know that you're going to get the there's, – and there's always things to talk about. Don't get me wrong. Right? We're getting to February. And there's going to be topics, and um, the Mets will be a big topic, and certainly the Steve Cohen thing is a big deal. We'll get into that a little bit as well. Um, but, you know, Trevor Bauer and the Yankees and what they're going to morph themselves into this year and how much they – yeah, I mean, they really need to win the American League and the Knicks and they're playing better and the Nets and they're dynamic and all these things are true. But don't let anybody tell you that, that February is a good sports month. You know, the Rangers are exciting. The Islanders are exciting. The Devils are, are somewhat exciting. But don't – I mean, college basketball. But the, it, February is not a good sports month. So we'll, we'll, we'll discuss things. And there are interesting topics to get into. But for my money – January much better. March with March Madness much better. March, you know, start of baseball, late March, early April. So th- those are the better. September, great sports month. Those are the better sports months. But we continue along, NBA and NHL uh, through February. So it's, it looks like big trade. The, the Mets were somehow rumored uh, or tied to Nolan Arenado. That's, that's not going to happen. That deal, and I don't even know what the deal is yet, and it seems like it's a very complex deal, but Arenado to the Cardinals from the Rockies, Looks like it's going to happen. Um, Colorado's going to receive, we don't know who they are, multiple players in return, and they're going to send upwards of $50 million to St. Louis from Colorado. So we don't know all the particulars. If we find out during this show, I'll let you know. If it takes, you know, to the Anita show, she will let you know. But Arenado on his way to uh, St. Louis, which has been a, a rumor that we've heard about for a long time. And that finally comes to fruition. So that's kind of where we are at the baseball as far as on the field, off the field. I mean, really... I, if you're a Mets fan, you can't feel good about this. Now, I don't want to get into to the entirety of what happened because, to be honest, I mean, I understand, but I, I'm not going to sit here and break down what happened in the stock market and, and how that played out. But I, I will tell you this. You're Steve Cohen. I mean, think about 
the owners in sports that you look at, you say that that's a good owner. That's a that's a great owner, right? So if you look at the great owners in sports, and I'm not saying interacting is is bad. I in fact in some ways like the interaction that you get with owners or or managers or coaches or players because it it makes the world smaller, you know? Like it it gives you access to guys that you would have never had access to before. But if you're Steve Cohen and you and again, I, I don't know if he in fact was complicit here. I don't know if his hands are completely clean. I don't really know much of, of what went on. I mean I understand the story, but I don't know his full involvement. A lot of people are very angry with him. A lot of people say, you know what, don't don't go after him. He's not to blame for this. But what I do know is that if you're Steve Cohen you have to keep your head above water and not fall for people attacking you on Twitter and then get into shouting matches with them continuously. It's a bad look. You own a team. You're worth $16 billion. Now, I know that David Portnoy is a, a big deal and Barstool is a big platform and he has a cult-like following. But he goes after you on Twitter and now you're going to get into a you-know-what kind of kind of contest with him on Twitter? No. No. You can't do it. You have to be better than that. I mean, could you imagine the Steinbrenners going after someone on, on, on Twitter and getting into interaction like that? And, and I think for him it was it's fun. Like I really this, this is a guy who, who's so stressed out and, and you know has to deal with levels of money that most of us can't even comprehend. And this is like an outlet for him, and this is fun for him. But I really think you have to hold your, your head a little bit higher and be a little bit better than he was this week. And now last night, I don't know if you saw this, he's done. He quit Twitter. I guess his Twitter account is now deactivated, and, and that's done. So, uh, and I've said this before, only the Mets. You know, only the Mets, only the Mets can, can step into you-know-what and get the richest owner in all of baseball. And now, all of a sudden, this guy's interacting, and you love him, and it's Lindor, and a $300 million deal, and it's going to be Bauer, and you can't believe it, or is it Jackie Bradley, or, or, or where to extend Syndergaard, or Conforto, and all these wonderful ideas. And now you have this go on with this uh, GameStop, and now a lot of people are very upset with Steve Cohen, and then he gets, uh, I don't want to say aggressive, but certainly involved in Twitter shouting matches, and now he's done with Twitter. It's just that that's the Mets. Like, there's no way and there's no way anyone can argue this with me. There's no way the Yankees ever get themselves into position like this. Never. We're never talking about the Yankees and the owner has to shut down their Twitter account because they've stepped too far. Right. That that's this is a Mets kind of thing, but this is where we are with the Mets. So that the phone lines are open. I mean, we'll get to a lot of different things today. Kind of a, a potpourri, as we like to say, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I had a buddy of mine text me last night. He said, I- "I'm going to be so upset if Steve Cohen is forced to sell the Mets." There's no way Steve Cohen's going to be forced to sell the Mets. I mean, I mean, I, I imagine they'll do some kind of investigation, and I imagine at the end of the day that it'll be fine with him. But people are upset, and I understand why why people are upset because it's it's the big guy. You know, spitting on the little guy once again. And it was a big deal. And then the whole Robin Hood app put it over the top. So it is a big deal. And I understand why it's a big deal. Uh, Knicks last night. You know, if I told you right now they are excited about one Knicks rookie prospect, that's not even up for debate who it is, right? It's quickly. Quickly, and you can argue to your blue in the face, quickly is the better player. And I've seen people try to, well, Toppin's young, and he's this, and he's that. And you can you can come up with all the excuses that you want in the world. But right now, Obi Toppin 
looks like the NBA is a bit much for him. And Emmanuel quickly looks right at home. And and I get it you're trying to win, and I get it that you're a competitive team right now. But, I I mean, I I don't need to see 25, 27, 30 minutes a night of Alfred Payton. Give me quickly. He's, He's the better player. He's the younger player. It's more exciting to watch him. He's more dynamic. Give me Emmanuel quickly every day of the week over Alfred Payton. But Obi Toppin... To say I don't have some concerns, and I understand, it's it's infancy stages of where we are in his NBA career. But he's 10, 12, 15 minutes a game. He's three, five, seven points, couple rebounds. I mean, he looks like he's brand new to the NBA. And I don't know what he's going to be. And it's fine right now for that to be the case. The only thing that upsets you is that you look at Halliburton on Sacramento and you say to yourself, this kid looks really good. I mean, really, really, really good. The other part of that that you can go back to and say, well, yes, he does look good, and maybe you'd rather have it. Maybe it'll change, and maybe it won't. We don't know. Maybe you'd rather have Halliburton over Toppin, but the nice thing about it is at least it looks like you have your point guard in quickly. If you didn't have that, I think you'd be more upset than, in fact, you are. So the Knicks with a big win over Cleveland last night, and then they're back at it tomorrow on 9870 ESPN at twelve thirty against the Clippers, which will be a real test for the Knicks. Nets that's are unbelievable. I mean, I, listen, I, I think everyone would agree that they have flaws and, and deficiencies, but they they can just outscore you. They scored what they score 147 points last night. Teams don't score 147 points. They scored 147 points without Kevin Durant. They have, have you ever seen a team? I don't know that I ever have. And and, and I'm going to, when we, when we bring Ty in in the next segment, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a team have nine guys in double figures. Nine guys in double figures? I mean, Harden goes for a triple-double, and he, he scores 25. Kyrie scores 25. Harris scores 20. Brown scores 19. Jordan scores 10. I mean, it's incredible what they are right now, offensively. Now, a lot remains to be desired defensively, and I think that they'll get better as the season goes on. Well, here's the thing. You like Philadelphia, that's a good team. You like Milwaukee, that's a good team. Toronto's always proven to be a, a pretty good team. Boston has a lot of talent. I'm sorry. There is no way Brooklyn is not going to the NBA Finals if they're healthy. Now, if something happens, if Kyrie goes missing, if Durant re-injures, if Harden something, sure, things can happen, things can change. But you could say the same thing about the Lakers. I mean, if Anthony Davis goes down, well, then you know what? The Lakers aren't an NBA Finals kind of team. So, yes, of course something could happen. But right now, there is there is no way you can convince me. And the regular season for me with Brooklyn is really extended extended preseason. Let, let's see what works. Let's get guys to play together. We'll wind up getting – they don't even have the guys that are going to be rotational players come the postseason. We'll bring that in at some point. And this is just – we're going to wind up with a top three seed regardless – Let's see what works. We'll let Nash get the kinks out. We'll let the guys familiarize themselves with each other. And then when we get to the uh, postseason, we'll be an absolute juggernaut. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. This is the time of the show that we bring in. I mean, 
One of Newhouse School of Communications' big alums, the great Ty D. Butler. Good morning, Ty. How are you? Good morning, Davido. I'm feeling pretty good today. Got a lot yeah, of takes. I'm, I'm sure you are. Got a lot of takes. I'm sitting here in the Rodney Bellizer Studios watching Deshaun Watson highlights, and I'm hoping that when we update those highlights, the next time we see Deshaun Watson, it will be in a Jets uniform. So, so. you are one of the people that is willing to overpay. Just, just, just wipe the pantry clean to acquire one Deshaun Watson. Well, right? there's no such thing as overpaying for a top five quarterback, I especially, think that's fair. especially when he immediately, and this is going to sound like hyperbole, he immediately becomes the best quarterback you've ever had, talent wise. I, I think that you're right. Well, talent wise, I don't know if that's true, but I think as far as production on the field, I think that's probably true. Oh, talent wise and production on the field. I don't know about that. Joe Namath was a he was a, he was talented. He was uh, his arm was incredible. He was, and he's responsible for the only Super Bowl they won. But, but, but I understand what you're saying. Yes, but I, we don't need to get into semantics. I understand what you're saying. He he he, he either he's the best. You could argue that you get him. He's the best player in the history of the franchise. Right yes, away. absolutely. So you have draft capital necessary to trade for him. Maybe so both you offer ones him the this best year, both ones next year, and Sam Darnold. You doing it? I, I do it, but I will say I don't think that's what it's going to take. I think you can keep the late first rounder this year. What is it, 23? I think you can keep 23 that one. 23 from Seattle, yes. Yes, I think you can keep that one. So if it's four, no, if it's three first rounders, and then maybe you trade Sam to another team and you, you make that a second rounder, is that enough? It may be. I, I'm doing it, though, man. It, you, you become a playoff team next year. And people are going to say, well, with the Texans, he was great. And I don't know a playoff team. You need a lot of help around. Yeah, you do. But Joe Douglas, I, I trust that he's going to draft well. And here's another thing. People keep looking at the first-round picks. And obviously that is where you know the, the superstar or star talent comes from. But good organizations – Find some diamonds in the rough. You can, you know, second round, third round, you can sure, find some legit true. players. But it's still, I mean, it hurts to trade. You know what's interesting about the whole thing? You, you had him. You, you could yes. have had the guy. Yep. Like, you, you let him go right by. So you let him go right by, and you took Jamal Adams that year. Now you're going to have to mortgage you know, <laughs> everything you had to try and get the guy you should have taken in the first place. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I still— It makes sense that the Jets are, were a poorly run organization. So well, it kind of does make there sense. There were a bunch of teams who passed on, who passed on Deshaun Watson. And, and, it was, and Mahomes that same year. It was, But Mahomes is different. No one knew he was going to become that. But Deshaun right. Watson, we saw him and in back-to-back title And I remember doing shows game. at night, and I remember just saying, uh, you, you have to— take Deshaun Watson like you look what he's done you look what he's capable of doing he's a leader he's a winner he's a great player on the he's biggest athletic. stage there's, Dave. there's no reason on the biggest stage and in, in back-to-back oh. national title games against arguably arguably one of the, the best defensive coaches uh, we've ever seen in Nick Saban I never understood it well you know what it, it happened and, and well let's be fair the Jets were were poorly run I mean, their GMs and their coaches have been bad for an extended period of time now. And you hope that right now, and it seems like it, like Douglas and Sala are going to be a, a, a really good duo. And that's the, that, that's the worst part of it. You've gone 10 straight years without making the playoffs. It's not the longest streak because the Bucks and the Browns have made it. And you have nothing to show for it. You have high draft picks every single year, and you have nothing to show for it. It's, it's amazing how, how poorly run they have been. They've been very poorly run, but you, you like the GM, and you're very excited about the coach. And I was reading um, Sports Illustrated. They had a good article uh, about rate ranking the new coaches, and they they love Salah. I mean, they give him an A and think he's going to be the best of the bunch. And and you can see how excited guys around the league are. I, I think maybe the Jets are 
are inching towards not being the laughing stock, being a place that players would actually be willing to go to. And that's, it hasn't been like that for a very long that's time. Some pro- the Jets are inching away they from are. being the laughing stock. Well, I, but, but Ty, you just said it. They no, haven't I been in the playoffs it. in 10 years. It's we, just we thought they were going to go winless this year. They're losing <laughs> games like you've never seen. Like, really, they're losing games like you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. They took a quarterback who you're excited about who has been, at best, mediocre in his three years. You had a coach who was hideous here in a couple of years. You had a GM that's allowed to to run a draft and a free agent class, and then they fire him right after that. I mean, this you, you laugh, but this is the sign of dysfunction, and I think they're finally getting away from that. Hopefully. And look, I, I get it. It's, it's best-case scenario. They can be a playoff team next year. But that's how confident I am in this head coach, the GM, finding some pieces in the draft, and Deshaun Watson, who should have or could have been in the MVP conversation if the Texans had won uh, six more games. Yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of games, though, <laughs> when, when you win four. You have the third pick in the draft, so that's, that's yeah. quite the statement there. But you're right. Listen, I, I don't know that I'm going to go as far as saying this can be a playoff team. I think that's somewhat unrealistic, even with the seventh playoff team. Because, I mean, look, look at this conference right now. Oh, it's loaded. I mean, it is. I mean, come on. The quarterbacks. I mean, it's insane. The quarterbacks. It's incredible, this AFC. And, and, and God knows if they're going to add Stafford to, Stafford to the mix. They're, you know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be there. Yeah, that's a good point. Herbert's an, uh, I mean, terrific. Unbelievable. I mean, Derek oh, Carr. Don't forget about Joe Burrow, who's returning from the ACL injury. He was I great. I will never forget. I think Joe Burrow's terrific. Derek Carr had a sensational season. When you look up and I mean, Josh Allen is a wonderful quarterback. You don't know what. And I wouldn't bet against the New England's going to wind up with. So, I mean, it's a load. I say it all the time, and the guys laughed at me when I said it originally. The AFC is absolutely loaded. Yeah, it's loaded. And speaking of loaded, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I am old enough to remember all the people who were panicking about the Nets because they had lost back-to-back games. I don't know why. And I see you on Cavs. Twitter all the time. Why you've taken this as, like, your pet project to be a, a Nets Bader now. What, what is that about? What do you mean a Nets Bader? It's just so funny to see uh, everyone just overreacting to the two losses. And now, of course, they've won four straight. They win last night without Kevin Durant. They put up a buck 47. And it Which was is crazy. F- I've said it since the beginning. Th- th- these games now are, uh, I don't want to say meaningless. No, they, they matter. Have, they matter. They don't matter. Much. Yes, they do. No, they look, don't. Dave, look, look I'll, I'll, we don't have to go that, that, that far. There was a team last year who many expected to either win the championship or at least get there, they didn't take the regular season seriously. They get to the second round and blow a 3-1 lead. The team that took the regular season seriously was the Lakers. They won it all. The regular season does matter. I could not disagree with you anymore. to, to, To the Nets, this regular season is, let's get the guys playing well together. Let's get them on the same page. Let's try to figure out defense a little bit. Let's get Steve Nash's feet wet. Let's bring in the guys we're going to bring in. If we're the one seed, great. If we're the four seed, fine. It does not matter. Everything I, I just gave on, you the Clippers. Every, every, listen, in my opinion, everything on the Brooklyn Nets is based on the postseason. But I literally just gave you evidence that that happened with the Clippers last year, and it came back to bite them. There was no chemistry. You know, no one was well, able had, to— I mean, they, they treat they, they treat Kawhi Leonard differently. They let him leave. But it wasn't really about that. It was about the on-court chemistry. They just blew up. They, they couldn't really they string did. together they good performances. Blew up. 
So they that's why the regular season is when you put but a the team, wins and losses of the regular season don't matter. No, I'm talking about the actual games. When you put a team together with guys who have never played with each other, the regular season does matter. Chemistry is it, important. It, it matters Defense. to get them to play on the same page. If they won that game or lost that game last night, when we get to the the NBA playoffs, it's going to make no difference. If they're the one seed or the three seed or the five seed, is going to make no difference. I guess we're arguing two different things. I'm saying them playing together in the regular season. Yeah, they need to play together in the regular yeah. season. But the wins do not matter. I agree. But I, right. I don't know why you said that I've become, what did you say, a, a Nets baiter? Yeah, it's like everything is, oh, look at the Nets. Look at, I, I think, here's what I think it stems from. And, and be, can you be honest? I'll can be I get a, a modicum of honesty from you this, I'll be this morning? I think you despise the Knicks. No. <laughs> I, I, this, is, this is my take. Okay. Go I, ahead. I think you do not enjoy the Knicks as a talking point. And I think that the Knicks' failure and struggles is enjoyable for you. So I believe that you being able to prop up the Nets and say the Nets are the biggest team in New York and they're the most relevant and look out and conversations surrounding the Nets excites you to knock down the Knicks. That's well, my take. I could be wrong. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I love when the Knicks are a conversation. Like today, we can talk about how they beat the, the Cavs, you know, led by the great Colin Sexton and Larry Nance Jr. They beat them by 21 points last night. That's impressive. It's a terrific win. Yeah. I mean, look, you were able to stop Andre, Jump, Andre Drummond and, like I said, Larry Nance Jr., two stars in the NBA. You were able to stop them. So, See, congrats and, to and you. This is my, my perfect point, is you can never give the Knicks credit. I'm two kidding. Star, Larry Nance and Andre Drummond, two stars of the NBA, and you were able to stop them. You know what? They've had issues with Drummond in the past, and the fact is I'm they— Kidding. they I'm no, kidding. No, I'm sick of it. All right, they have a good win. I'm excited about the Knicks. We should have some excitement about the Knicks. Quickly looks like a really good player. R.J. Barrett is, you know, no one says this. If he was bad, you'd, you'd destroy him. Mm-hmm. But it looks like he's taking the next step, and you still sit here in your ivory tower, and you take shots in the neck. I'm not going to allow it. It takes two to tango, my friend. Let's go see you get it done tomorrow against the Clippers. Let, let's, let's see that happen, that dysfunctional Clippers organization. 800-919-3776. And now we've, we've involved Ty in the show, and he's gotten his, his little Knicks points out, and he's, you know, baited us with what he does. And that's fine, and it's cute, and he's got it to – you know, what he wants to, to give up for Deshaun Watson and how this is a playoff team. And now we'll get to your calls. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. We'll get to Deshaun Watson and the Jets, and we'll, we'll do it in just a moment. But Steven Leonardo, I think this is going to be nasty. I don't look forward to it, but well, I'll take the call because this is what we do. Steven Leonardo, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. <clears throat> hey, what's up, Dave? What's so up, Steve? just like a lot of people listening – you know, during the week, we're working, we're listening to DCR. We're fortunate enough to get Dave Rothenberg on Saturday. But, so I get home early the other day, watching, um, you know, on Yes, and watching um, the K show. There's like a reframe, and it advertises for DCR right there. Right. And, you know, you got, you got Rick there looking like a million bucks. You got big Chris Tanny right there. And then right next to him is like a shaved panda. I'm like, what is going on? Dave, come on. Well, I, first of all, I think that's mean. And second of all, are, are you taking shots at, at my weight? Is that what you're doing? Dave, you could, I mean, you know, remember the clip, you know, like Rothenberg, you said, this is why you, don't, you guys are on TV. I'm like, come on, Dave, step it up. No. You with no, Rick. You with no. Chris. Listen, here's the, here, Steve, here's the thing. So you look and you say that's a heavy, <laughs> a heavy set Rothenberg, right? Uh, you could step it up. I know, Dave, you could do so much uh, Steve, better. Steve, I understand, that's but here's, what you're not on, here's where you're not, you're not following. We did a photo shoot before I lost all the weight. That, that, what you saw there is 220-pound Rothenberg. Now that doesn't exist anymore. 
I, I have stepped it up. There's just no visual evidence in that promotion because that's Fat Rothenberg. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, get, get the webcam, do, do a spot on um, the K-Show real quick. Do something, get a picture real quick, you know, through you guys or something like that, you know, while you guys are all on the screen and stuff like that. Dave, You're an idea, man, Steve. I appreciate it. And th- thank you for that. Thank you for the call. I mean, I don't understand how you can call and say someone's fat when, when you have no evidence that that's what I look like now, which I don't. I was 223 pounds when we did that photo shoot. Last check, I was 204. So that's a 20-pound difference. That's a full person. That's a mini person. 20 pounds. All right, let's get into Deshaun Watson. 800-919-3776. Now, I'm watching the K show yesterday, and Michael is bothered. I understand his point of uh, Deshaun Watson signed this deal, and this is the deal he should play under, and he didn't have to sign it, and he did, and that's fine. We are now in the era, and whether you like it or not, where if guys are unhappy, they can force trades. And look, you could get a contest here of the Texans saying, we're not trading you. It's not happening. We're not going to deal you. But I don't know why. The only way I would do that if I was Houston, because if he doesn't want to be there, and I get it, he could be a generational quarterback, and they've come out and they've already said we're not trading him under any circumstance, but we've seen that before. We saw it with Beckham. We saw it with Jamal Adams. We've seen it a million times, and then guys get get traded. The only way, if I'm Houston, because he's a good guy. I think he's a bad guy that I'm going to hold steadfast as if he gives me one team. I will only play for the the fill-in-the-blank. If he does that, then you know what? No, we're not playing that game. you got to give us multiple teams so we can shop you around and get the best offer for for us. And if he doesn't, would would I back away? Yeah, you know what? I would. I'd say, I'm sorry. We're not just trading you to the Jets. You have to give us a couple of teams. Give us the Dolphins. Give us the Jets. Give us the Bears. Give us the Niners. Give us four or five teams that you're willing to accept the trade to, and we'll figure one of those teams out. And we'll get the most that we can get. Because it's got to work for both sides. Right? You can't, you can't just have it work for the Deshaun Watson side. And I understand. Why, well, why did he sign the extension? If you, if you were so unhappy there or didn't want to go there or didn't want to be there, then don't sign the extension. You could say, well, it happened after the fact, right? It happened after the fact. Maybe you can. But I, I think I'm not playing, and I get it, that Houston wants to keep him. But typically now, I mean, the way we see it in sports, if a guy just doesn't want to play somewhere, he's not going to play there. And this could become a contest of who has the stronger will. Is Houston willing to tell him, fine, then don't play? Don't play. Or is he willing to sit out and miss time and play that game? And the truth is, we don't have the answer now. Now, if you're the Jets, and, and Chris brought up a really good point on our show from 5 to 8 on 98.7 every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, brought up a great point. He said, if you're the Jets, you really want to make the trade before free agency starts because you don't want to sit there and not know what you're going to be. And you want to, you know, you have a lot of money under the cap. You want to spend that money on the free agents that you need to build around Deshaun Watson. So you would think, and what, free agency starts first day of the league year, which is, I don't know what it is this year. It's usually about mid-March, right around my birthday. Right, so March 10th, 12th, 14th, 15th, something like that. All right? And if you're the Jets, I think that's ideally what you have to do. Because what happens if you make the trade the night before the draft? Sure, it's great. But now you haven't built yourselves free agency-wise, unless you have a feeling it's coming down the road, unless you'd build your team the same exact way regardless. You know, if it's going to be Sam Darnold, you still need a big-time receiver. If it's going to be Watson, you still need a big-time receiver. So Allen Robinson or Juju Smith-Schuster, or one of those guys, we need you regardless. That might be the the case as well that they're thinking. If I'm the Jets, 
I got to get him. I do. If I'm the Jets, I have to, I have to get him. He's just he's at a different level talent wise. And and what scares me, and it really does. And I'm not a Jets fan, and you know that. It terrifies me that they're going to run it back with Sam Darnold. Because what happens if he's not good? I have the second pick in the draft. I have Matthew Stafford available. I have Deshaun Watson available. And you know, maybe in some kind of pipe dream, I might have Aaron Rodgers available. I might run it back with Sam Darnold. What happens if he's not good? What happens if he is injury prone and goes through another year where he plays nine games and gets hurt or gets sick or something happens? That's Guys, you might like him. You might like his potential. You can't deny that's what he's been. He's been a subpar quarterback who is injury prone. You can't argue that. That's exactly what he is. So I, I know that, that Salah and I know that Douglas and I know that the Jets fan might sit here and tell you that, you know what? We believe in Sam Darnold. And Kuyper said the same thing this week. Mel Kuyper said, I would stay with Darnold over drafting Wilson or Fields out of college with the second overall pick. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. I just can't buy into it. I'd overpay for Deshaun Watson before I'd sit and have another year of Sam Darnold. 800-919-3776. Ryan in Astoria. Ryan, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Dave. What's going on? What's up, Ryan? Um, so, I'm a diehard Jet fan, and, you know, I've been I've been hurt many times by this team, and I gotta say, like, I would be ecstatic if they got Deshaun Watson. I would love it, but I'm a little nervous, um, and here's why. Because one of the Jets had a good track record or a recent history of keeping their players happy. How many players want out more than to come in? And what I'm saying is that if they get Deshaun Watson, and what, what's saying that he's not going to do this a couple of years down the road and request yeah, another you trade? Can't, you, can't, now, you, you can't do that. You can't be concerned that you're going to make a trade for Deshaun Watson and he's going to come here and be unhappy. Because a couple of things. Firstly, that you can never do that, to think that that's going to be the case. Secondly, you, you know what it looks like for him? Like, if he forces his way out of Houston, okay. If he comes to the Jets, which is where he would ideally, I guess, want to go or be interested in going and does it again, now it's on Deshaun Watson. Now he's just a disgruntled, miserable guy. It, it makes me think that something had to have happened, like, I'm, between I'm the sure GM or, 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 like, like, I mean, like, something like that we'll find out later on. Where everybody I, uh, like, of oh, course something that. happened, Ryan. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, but I'm a Jet fan, man. I, never, I have no reason to be. I, I try to be optimistic a little bit with Salah, and I'm happy. This is the first time in, I would say, like, five years that I'm actually, you know, hoping that we play meaningful games and, December, but you know, man, I got to err on the side of caution because that's just how it was brought up. I understand. You've been hurt so many times. (laughs) Thanks for the call. I get it. Please, of course I get it. I'm a Knicks fan. You think this doesn't make sense? You've been been burned so many times that it's hard for you to fall in love again, but you will. You know what? I I love the fans. I'm I'm done with my team. I'm done. I'm going to find a new team. You can't do that. You're you're just, you're just, if you, if you quit on your team, I would go as far as saying this, Ty. If you have a team and you love them, and you have it in your heart that you could be done with them and find a new team and fall in love with them, you're a bad person. You are. You're, you're, you're not just a bad fan. You're, in fact, a bad human being. But because that could spill over into your, your real life. And like I think it probably would. I think there's, like, if you, if, you're a, a, if you, Ty, were to leave, say, the Yankees or leave the Lakers. Now, of course, you've, you've chosen the best of what every sport has oh, to offer, okay. or leave, or leave the Jets. I think is the better conversation. You, you know what? I'm done with the Jets. I'm going to root for the Chiefs, and you fall in love with them. 
I would say there's probably a pretty good chance that your marriage would not make it. Yes, I would agree with that. And you do? Yes, nice. I would agree with that because it's, in, like I said, it's indicative of the person I am. But I will say, you, you say it out of frustration. You don't actually mean it. I, I've had a bunch of times where I've said, you know what, I'm done with this football team. I'm not no, watching you've never meant it. Though. No, you don't that, mean I, it. I, but I've also said I hate the Giants. Like, of course, you say stuff, and I'm sure you've said stuff to your wife that you're like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Yeah. Right, we all, we all have those moments, but but there are people like we'll get calls all the time. You know, I I used to be a really big Packers fan, but but I I moved to Dallas and now I root for the Cowboys. <laughs> no, let me tell you something: your life is not going the way that you thought that it would, and you're going to wind up leaving your significant other because you are just willing to give up on things at the drop of a hat. I remember a few weeks ago when I was in for Anita, this, this guy called. He said he used to be a huge Net fan. Right then, away you hang up on those people. <laughs> no, I love those calls. It's, it's for my own entertainment. And he said after watching Jordan dismantle his Nets, he became an MJ fan. No, the, no it's the biggest fraud that there is. <laughs> it makes no sense. No. And did he also tell you he's on his fourth wife? Uh, we didn't get that far, you but should. I would imagine he is. You should. I mean, if you're willing to give up on your teams, you obviously have have no stick to itiveness at all. I, you're I willing agree. to give up on everything that you that you supposedly love. One thousand percent, Dave. That's my main pickup line. When girls ask me if I'm loyal, I uh-huh. say I'm a Knicks fan. That's right. Is that a, is that a big question? You meet a girl in a bar, and she's like, yeah, "Jake, are you loyal?" I mean, girls are into loyal loyalty. On the first date, though? On the first date, they want to know about loyalty? That's well, aggressive. That's a term. I mean, I haven't been on a date in a very long time, but I, is, is that where we are nowadays? It just proves that you're loyal. You follow the Knicks, you're a fan of the Knicks, it means you're not going to leave. So you sit there and you're having that conversation of, you know, Jake, do you see us as forever? And, and you, you turn and you go, sweetheart, I'm a Knicks fan. It works like a charm. Yeah, does it? <laughs> Sometimes. Why Good. haven't you been on a date in years, you said? What? Why You said you haven't been on a date in a very long time? Well, you, like a... I mean, I, I'm married. Yeah, but I'm saying you can take your wife on a date. No, but I'm, I'm talking about like a, a, a new, like a date. Meeting uh, someone new and going out on a date. No, but you can take her out on a oh date. Oh, my God. You spice it up. And Dave, you know, indoor you dining, to... too, on, on Valentine's Day is coming oh back. Oh, my God. L- listen, th- Valentine's Day is the, the most fraudulent yeah, day. It's a scam. It's, it's a scam. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump. Dave Rothenberg. We'll see if you can. Many have tried. Many have failed. Some succeeded. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the great Andrew M. Cohen. I'll tell you how to get in touch with Andrew M. Cohen post-Stump Rothenberg. All right, Ty, what did we do last week? Do you have any recollection of that? Uh, It escapes me right now. but I I know one week recently we were right around 500. Maybe that was last week? I have decided that I'm going to – I should have done this sooner, but I'm going to start tallying what we do. So, so we really, it, it starts today. Yes. The fun you're starts keep now. you're going to a run. It is shocking because we've had callers call and say you were like 197 and 42 this year in Stump Rothenberg, and you never thought to. Uh, maybe they were making it up just maybe to they impress were. you. There's no way that they were keeping tabs every single Saturday. We've had, we've had many callers do that. So you're going to keep tabs from this moment forward, from and we can always reflect back. Forward. I will okay. do so. 
All right. So as we begin to keep tabs, let's go to Dion in Queens. Dion, lead us off on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Shaq, Shaq and Daryl Dawkins were famous for shattering backboards in the NBA. Who's the first NBA player to do it? First NBA player to shatter a backboard? Yes. I think it was I'm I'm Now you're saying it's not one of those guys cuz I think it was Dawkins. Is that your final answer? Well, here's my concern. You you said it cuz Chuck Connors I know also did it, but I don't you got it, Dave. Chuck Connors. You're the man. You, uh, but that was, yeah, here's the thing. Oh, Chuck Connors, I think, and here's the difference, Ty. Chuck Connors did it in warm-ups, I believe. Yeah, but the question was, who was the first to ever shatter a backboard? And the problem is... You yeah, but even... I, don't, I don't think it was even a dunk with Chuck Connors, It was Ty. a set shot. Well, you knew the answer to this? Uh, no, I, I, I didn't know the answer to it, but he we talked you? about it. Yeah, I'm very disappointed in what just happened, though. But you didn't I didn't even I, submit a final answer. Well, here's here's the thing. I mean, the the, the genesis of the question was like, I'm not I'm not looking for a set shot that's going to just somehow knock a backboard down with, that's unstable. I'll take the one zero, but I don't I don't love that question. <laughs> you no. got it, Dave. <laughs> you didn't even submit your final answer. Well, but I, I mean, come on, give me a little bit of credit every once in a while. Steve in Brooklyn, Steve, you're you're next up. I'm I'm one to know today, Steve on Stump Rothenberg. Go ahead. Want to know, but not exactly the best uh, leadoff hitter there. So, well, but that's not my fault. Oh, of course. A question right is a question right. And last week, by the way, seven and two, I think. So not not too bad. You're a man who loves Stump Rothenberg, Steve. You always call. You love this segment. Well, I will say I've also had a change of heart, and uh, I am a fan of the mini midweek Stump Rothy like appetizer for the masses. So there you go. I am a fan now go. of that. Yep. A, a, a little sorbet. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Super Bowl trivia. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is already the oldest non-kicker punter to play in a Super Bowl when he played the Rams a couple years ago. But next week, the 43-year-old will become the oldest player to ever play in the big game, breaking whose record? And I'm getting a big hint at how I'm phrasing the question. Phrase it again, then. Tom Brady's already the oldest non-kicker punter to play in a Super Bowl. Next week, he'll become the oldest player to play in a Super Bowl. Whose record is he breaking? Hmm. Matt Stover. The answer is Matt Stover. You got it. Is that okay for you, Ty? That was legitimate. And then I believe that that, uh, former giant great Jeff Fiegels might be next up on the list. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. All right, we continue along. Let's go to Paul in Bay Ridge. Paul, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Paul. That last answer was a great poll, but I think the first one needs to be stricken from the record. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. Listen, here's the, here's the wasn't deal. Wasn't a real stat, and you never gave a final answer. I, I can't help it that he jumped the gun. I was throwing Chuck Connors out. I don't love the question. I'll be honest with that. I, I think the fact that the guy took a set shot in warm-ups and it went down is not a great question, but I got it right, and I'm going to take credit for it. I'm 2-0, and, and you're on, on the table here. Go ahead. 
might might be a little hard on you. Sorry. All right. So we're gonna go baseball. Uh, there's only been one relief pitcher in the history of baseball to strike out a hundred, uh, uh, at least a hundred uh, people uh, in five consecutive seasons. Can you name that pitcher? So a hundred batters, five straight seasons. Yep, as a relief pitcher, only one player. I mean, the, the great relievers. I think Batances did four. But I don't think he's the answer here. I, I think Chapman also did four. Mm, I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't know that I'm going to get this. Um, Batances. You got to think like a like a guys that pitched a ton. Is it a, is it a Goose Gossage? Is it a, a Raleigh Fingers? Um, I I do not know the answer. Uh, this will be a guess, and I will guess Goose Gossage. No, Dave, you actually had the right answer. The Tantas oh. did it five straight seasons. Did he? What team? Twenty eighteen. I thought it was four. That that pains me. When I'm spitballing and I throw out the right answer and I don't go with it, I determine to be very upsetting. All right, but that's two and one. Not terrible. Let's go to Steve in Bayport. Steve, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, Steve. Okay, so in honor of Derek Jeter going into the hall, who was the last Yankee to wear number two before it was given to Jeter? Last Yankee to wear number two. God. Um. I don't. I mean, Dale Barrow wore number two, but I don't know if he's the last one to do it. Ugh. Bobby Mercer did also, didn't he? I don't. I don't. I'm not going to know the answer to this one either. Um, I'll go with Barra, but I don't feel very confident. It is Mike Gallego. Oh. <laughs> you know, I thought of him, and then I was like, "No, nah, it's not going to be Mike Gallego." And then I went with Dale Barra, and I stink. All right, two and two. Very disappointing because I started out two and zero. Oh. All right, let's go to um, let's go to Hawkeye. Now my screen says Hawkeye, but I'm imagining it's Hawkeye, Long Island. Hawkeye, good morning. Yes, Hawkeye. Yes. Uh, hi. Um, the biggest drugstore chain in the country is CVS. Okay. What do those letters stand for? I know this. It's Consumer Value Store, I believe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And there we go. That's three and two. Nice. That's a nice question because it's quick. It's painless. You know it or you don't. Beautiful. Three and two. All right, Jake. Did you say you'd like to play in Stump Rothenberg today? I would love to play. And you really should have the Dylan Batan. I feel like you had it on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, but I, I, I can't take credit for that. I mean, I, I, I knew it, but I thought he was four. I don't remember him going five in a row. But that, listen, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. 
All righty. So my question I actually stole from the Knicks game last night. I was very happy with my Knicks win over the Cavaliers. Yep. And this was the trivia question from last night. Andre Drummond has led the NBA in rebounds in each of the last three seasons and is currently leading this season. Who has led the NBA in rebounding for the most consecutive seasons? Oh, my goodness. Um, we're going back to the 40s here? No, we are not. No, 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 but I'm saying, like, we we could. Throughout the history of the NBA, yes. Oh, God. Um... I mean, you'd, you'd think it's you'd think it's got to be Chamberlain or Mike and Russell. Malone had a million rebounds. Rodman had a lot too. I'm, I'm thinking Chamberlain, but uh, This might be the first time I've ever stumped you, and I've played every week. Stop it. All right, you're not there yet. I say I want to ask you if I've mentioned him, but I'm not I'm not going to. I'm gonna be a big boy. I'm gonna think Russell or Chamberlain Chamberlain. I'm gonna go with Wilt. And if you went with Wilt, Uh-oh. that would be incorrect. Oh. You actually said it. Dennis Rodman is the correct answer. He led for seven seasons from 1991 to 1998. It was consecutive, huh? Consecutive seasons. I stick. I'm three and three. This is very upsetting. So that's twice now I've said the person and thinking about it and then gotten it wrong. That is correct. Mike in Farmingdale. Mike, I'm three and three. I'm, I'm fallible today, Mike. Go ahead. Dave, what's going on, man? Not much. I'm not doing well. Uh, well, it might not get any better, man. <laughs> oh, you're very confident. I Yeah, I, I, I feel good about this one. Okay. All right, so we're going geography. All right. How many countries sit on the equator? What is it? How many countries sit on the equator? Correct. Well, Ecuador, obviously. I don't know that I can name them all, but I guess I don't have to. Um, no, you don't. It's got to be at least 10. I'd say between 10 and 15. I think Uganda does. But again, it doesn't matter what does. Um, and I have to get it exactly right. You're not going to give me a range here? Correct. Ecuador definitely does. Uganda does. Somalia does. It's got to be. It has to be more than 10. I I don't know. I'd say 12 or 13. I can't get two guesses, right? One guess. Um, 13. That's what you're going with? Ugh. It's going to be 12. Uh, sure. You are correct. Damn. Yes! <laughs> Ty, do you see what just happened there? 
<laughs> Thank God he didn't ask me to name them because I don't think I can name more than like four. Or five. That should count as twelve points. You love that answer. Wait, so you can't name them, but you no. just can randomly guess the correct well, answer? Well, I guessed. Yeah, but I can't name them. There's probably countries you've never heard of that sit on the equator. I mean, 13 is, I mean, that's a weird. If I, I would have gone with some some type of round number. So what would you like have a gone benchmark, with? maybe like a 10, a 15, or a 20. Well, I, I, I knew it was more than 10, and I thought it was less than 15. So I, I was 11 through 14, and I went 13. It's good fortune. Good for you. I know you're going to say, right, so I'm cheating, but I've gotten three wrong today. So figure that out. Please, stop it. You know what? I'm, I'm sick of that narrative. For you. <laughs> you're better than that. You got a question right. Let's just focus on that. We're four and three. All right. A lot of stress going on right now. We'll take a break. Come back. Continue along a better than average Stump Rothenberg. Rothenberg with you, 9870 SP. We continue with Stump Rothenberg. What do we tie? Four and three early stages today? We are four and three. Now, we, we got to get to be plus three on the day, over 500. Let's continue along. Let's go to Glenn in Huntington. Glenn, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Morning, Dave. How you doing? Good, Glenn. How you doing? All right. Uh, this is Cheers trivia. Oh, I love Cheers. Everyone is familiar that Frasier was spun off of Cheers. What was the other show spun off from Cheers? Um... I think the Tortellis, wasn't it? You're correct. Yeah. That's, 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 that's five and three. Nice and easy, right in my wheelhouse. Good question, too. Five and three. Um, let's go to Stuart, Long Island. Stuart, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Yeah, hi, David. Good morning. Good morning, Stuart. Okay, presidential trivia. Okay. The three presidents before President Trump, so that would be Presidents Clinton, George W. Bush, and Obama, they were all elected to more than one term in office. That's only happened one other time in U.S. history, where you've had three presidents, all in succession, elected to more than one term in office. Can you name the three presidents? Madison? I, I think maybe it's Madison. No, maybe it's not. Is it Madison, Monroe, and Jackson? Ay, ay, ay. I don't know. Reagan? That Bush, but he only had one. Um, I don't know that I'm going to know this. I, I I don't think I'm right, but I'm going to go Madison, Monroe, and Jackson, and I know I'm not right. Oh, no, no. You were very, very close. Madison, Monroe, and Jefferson. <laughs> Before Madison. Oh, that stinks. That stinks. Do I get any credit there, Jake, from you? You get credit from me because that's more. That's two more than I would have gotten. So. <laughs> All right. so that's five and four. Now, Ty, and I'm not making fun of you. I'm asking you an honest question. Is it Bria in Saratoga, or did you forget the, the N and it's Brian in Saratoga? It's Bria. It's Bri- Okay. Bria in Saratoga. I think it's a fair question for me. Bria, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. No, it's Bria. <laughs> it's what? It's Rhea? 
Rhea, R-H-E-A. All right, so R-H-E-A. Like, like speaking of cheers, like Rhea Perlman. Right, Rhea Perlman. There you go. All right, Rhea, you're up. Okay, uh, the um, category is Roman numerals. All right. What is the longest year to date, character-wise, in Roman numerals? Longest? It's got to be 1888. Good Lord, you're good. Yeah, I heard that before. 1888. I think it has 13, and 2888 will have 14. I love How about that, that Jake. That I just wowed you, didn't I? Well, here's the thing, Dave. We get people all the time like, "Oh, he's googling it, or he, or he's cheating." How do you cheat in .5 seconds? But that's an easy answer. What? That's an easy answer. I thought about because when I had the conversation with her on the phone, I'm like, "Why isn't it nine? But nine only has two characters, so you have to go in, you know, descending order." That's so. Easy. That, that that was an easy answer. Yeah. Let's stop it. It you is. You couldn't even get her name right. Now you're going to tell me that the answer was easy? Well, here's the thing, and I don't want to put her on blast, but when uh-huh. I, I, what I do is I you don't repeat want to, your, but you're going to. I repeat your name about four to five times, and once you say I got it right, I'm going to put you on hold, assuming that you heard me correctly. So it's, it's not on sure. me. That's so on you. Blame, blame poor Rhea, because she's, cause she's the, the, the culprit there. All right. Where are we at? We're six and four? We are, yes, six and four. All right. You're, you're up, my friend. All right. So... Little hall baseball hall of fame question. Okay. How about that? All right. We know that this past Wednesday or Tuesday night, Kurt Schilling fell sixteen volts short of the two eighty five needed to get into the Hall of Fame. So four times have we gotten zero Hall of Fame candidates elected. The first time that happened was in nineteen seventy one. I want you to tell me the player that received the highest percentage. Of uh, of votes for the Hall of Fame, it was Kurt Schilling this past week with seventy one point one percent. You want you want the answer for seventy one? Yes, the first time it happened, which was nineteen seventy one. Who received the highest percentage of votes? See, here's my my confusion. I think Yogi Berra was on that year. I think it's Yogi. I won't be like Dion, my friend. I need you to submit yeah, but now the I'm, final I'm answer. I'm confused by the question. Why are you confused? It's an easy question. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, but uh, but I'm I'm second guessing myself, so that's where the confusion. Do you want right? me to repeat the question? Okay. Okay. So Kurt Schilling, this past week, had the highest percentage of the votes in a year when zero Hall of Fame candidates were elected. Right. I want you to tell me the first time that happened, which was 1971, who had the highest percentage of votes. But did not get in. But did not get in. It's happened think, four times. I think it's Yogi Berra, and that's what I'll go with. Final answer? I'm going to be very disappointed if you don't get this. Well, now, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the... Of 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 the j- 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 um, jury um on 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 January fourth of this year, my client did indeed uh, visit the Sackasuds um 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 um, um convenience store. But, but, he didn't, um, kill anyone. He, he, uh, um, 
Uh, <sighs> we we intend. And there you have it. The Nick Sirianni introductory press conference with the Eagles yesterday. Very similar to the opening of the trial in my cousin Vinny. 800-919-3776. Let's get to some of your Jets calls. Uh, Stump Rothenberg, as if you didn't know, coming your way at 1030. Ty. What time did you start receiving calls of I'd like to I'd like to get on hold for Stump Rothenberg? Nine fifty seven. Oh, so not not that early. I think last week it was like nine fifteen. Yeah. It varies from week to week. But I think people are now learning that I'm not gonna put them on hold for an hour and fifteen minutes. So there are people that would spend their entire Saturday morning just on hold to get involved in Stump Rothenberg. Absolutely. If we allowed it, no question. So we you think if we opened the phone lines at nine and said you can wait on hold, listen to the show, and when we get to ten thirty, we will then pick you up and you'll <laughs> participate, that they would absolutely do that. Yes, they would, but it would be a disservice to the actual show. Oh, I agree. Let's go to Iron Staten Island. Ira, you're next up on ninety eight seven. Hey, Dave. How are you? What's happening? Good morning, Ira. Hey, you didn't call us this morning. week. Yes, I did. But you know I got a time slot because of the way the pools are working. If I don't get in the water by 620, um, I, I miss out. So I was on hold a couple of times, but I had to hang up, unfortunately. Uh, well, I so, miss you, uh, Ira. I really miss you. Uh, yeah, I miss you. I'll try to get in a little earlier because I do get up at 5. Um, so two things. Before I get to the Watson situation... Dave, you gave me a little bit of a can of horror with my nephew uh, when he was uh, calling that game for the Lions. Yeah. Because you asked you asked me what would happen if the Jets were playing the Lions um, in the Super Bowl. Who would you root for? Right. Well, not only not only do I have that problem, he he just signed with the Patriots and is working for Belichick. Oh no! So face, yes. So now I face my nephew twice a year. Well, this is terrible. So, hang out. What what's his role with the with the Pats? Um, I'm not at liberty to say, but he's going to be working hand in hand with Belichick, and uh, it's a great opportunity because he's going to learn a lot in the next in the next three to five years for sure. Working with Belichick. so, I know you're going to root. You're going to root for the Jets over over the Patriots, obviously, right? Right, but when the Patriots are not playing the Jets, I got to root for my nephew. You know, so you are now. Cool. So the Patriots are now your second favorite team. Yes, they have to be. Oh, I my God. It, but it's the truth. I know. It's, it's, so it's is, almost you, like you lost a deal with the devil, Ira. I know. Could you imagine, like, when your son grows up, if he took a job with the Eagles? No. Could you imagine that? No. No. I know. I know. No. I, 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 I got to be honest. I don't... I don't think I could root for them. I, I would try. I'd root for his success. Like, if he coached the defense, I'd root for the defense to play well. But I don't think I could root for the Eagles to win. I don't think I could do it. I know. It's very, very difficult. But, uh, um, well, I guess, you know what, I'll wait till September before I get to that. But hopefully I get to spend the day up at Patriot Camp because I always wanted to see a Belichick run to practice. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But, um but I blame you because you put the can of hurry on me about a month I'm ago. I'm sorry. I, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That's 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 <laughs> that's like Sophie's choice there. Yeah, I know. But just real quick, and with the Watson thing, you know what? And you know how I feel. I, I'd be all in, do whatever I need to, to do it. But with all due respect to Douglas, I don't think it's in his DNA. I don't think he's going to do it. I think I think I'll make an offer, but I, I don't see him going three or four number ones to get Watson. But that's I what you're going to have to – I mean, Ira, if you're not going to go at least three number ones, I don't think you're going to get a, a, a prayer of getting Deshaun Watson. 
No, I'm, I'm good with three number ones in a player or three number ones in a third round pick. I have no problem with that. All right, let, 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 let me do I'm this. Gonna... Let, let me do this, Ira. Let me yeah. give you a uh, a potential trade. Both ones this year. Seattle's Dad. one next year. You keep Dad. your one next year. You include Darnold and Quinn and Williams. Would you do that trade? I would do it without throwing in Quinn and Williams. I'd rather give up an extra pick than Quinn and Williams. All right. Just kind of taking the yeah, temperature just, of where I you think, are. But if he's not willing to give up at least three ones, there's no way you're going to get Deshaun Watson. Right, and, and, I, and I don't think he will. And I, Once again, you know, I don't know what he's thinking, and maybe he'll surprise me. But I just think he's old school. He learned from Ozzie Newsom, and I don't see him giving up, like, more than three number ones. I think three number ones in a player, I do it in a heartbeat. In yeah, a heartbeat. I agree with you. Ira, thanks for the phone call. I, I appreciate it. Good stuff. And how about that? His nephew is now going to be coaching on the Patriots. Oh, my God, poor Ira. Let's go to Chris Long Island. Chris, you're on 9870 SPN. Hey, what's going on, Dave? Big what's fan. up, Chris? Uh, I just wanted to touch on two two things real quick. You were talking about the Yankee, uh, the, the Yankees uh, and LeMayu saying they were the better team. And I agree with you, Tampa Bay was the better team. But uh, if, you, if you, you know, make a parallel to the Giants when they beat the Patriots when they were, you know, 18 and 1, uh, really, if you play that game 10 times, the Giants are probably going to win, what, two of those games? Yeah, probably something I mean, like that. Two, maybe three, yeah. So are they really the better team? Or no. did they just play better that Sunday? Yeah, the I, Gi- mean, I don't think the Giants – listen, Chris, I don't think the Giants were better than the Cowboys that postseason. I don't think the Giants were necessarily better than the Packers, and I don't think they were certainly okay. better than, than okay. the Patriots. Okay, fair, fair, fair. I, th- I think uh, the Giants quick, got quick. red hot at the exact right time. Oh, it's, 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 both times. They, they were the, they the kings of getting hot at the right time. Well, and, and the, the uh, next time they were seven quick. and seven. And they, they rattled off two oh, wins in the regular season. I know. And then it, the all, it all started. One of them all started with uh, just destroying my team and my team's chances of going to the playoffs, which is the Jets. That Christmas uh, Eve day game, but, I, I'll always remember that. Uh, that, that was the Victor the, Cruz 99-yard yeah, touchdown. Yeah, Eric that, Smith trying to keep up with him. I was watching with a bunch of Giants fans. I, I wanted to die. Just like the Luis Castillo drop pop, pop fly. Oh, God. Uh, but... Um, the other, the other thing I want to touch on, uh, Ira just – I agree 100%. You have to get this guy in here. I, I mean, I, I don't – I wouldn't say mortgage the whole, like everything, but three ones and Darnold, you do it. I, I, I wouldn't give it. up Quinn. I wouldn't give up Quinn and Williams either, but – I would, if it came down to it, I'd give up another pick. I really, you All have right, to get Chris, a guy. four ones. This is here. Two ones this year, two ones next year. Sam Darnold, you get the Sean Watson. You doing it? I'm doing it. You're doing, I'm it. doing it. And there you go. Thanks for the call. And Chris is right. Were the, were the Giants better than the Patriots? No. No, If they, he's right. If they play ten times, New England wins seven or eight. Or maybe nine. Was was Team USA better than the Russians in 1980? No. But they won that one game. Were the Yankees better than the Rays this year? No. No. No.
LeMay, you can say it till he's blue in the face. Jake can say it. Ty can say it. You can think it. You're wrong. The Rays were a better team than the Yankees this year. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. 7-4 today, Stump Rothenberg, if you're just tuning in. I think one of the highlights of Stump Rothenberg was, um, you know, Ty made a mistake, a big mistake, but we look past that. He called this woman that called uh, Bria, and she was disgusted with him, and she said, no, it's Rhea. You could hear the disgust in her voice, but we moved on, and she asked a question, and, and I got it. I mean, to say instantly would be an understatement. I got it immediately, and here's her reaction to me getting that correct. Good Lord, you're good. How great is that? How, I mean, Ty. You want me to fail weekly. We, we know that you, you enjoy my missteps with Stump Let's Rothenberg. Let's be accurate, please. Yeah. I, I root for the entertainment of the segment. So, so that whatever moment form where that I got comes, her question right, and she had that just guttural reaction of, good Lord, you're good. It's amazing. Good Lord, you're good. It's amazing. And you hear that. It's amazing. That's beautiful radio is what that yes, is. Yes, I would rather have had that than you getting the question wrong and you being disappointed because that's entertaining. For her to do, for her to do that, she just gave us long-lasting audio. Good that's Lord, you're good. It's uh, amazing. That. What, a, what a drop. We can, we can hear that forever. That will never get stale. All right. It's what you uh, hear. It's what you hear. Every, seven, it's, seven, six. It's what, what are you saying here? It's what you hear every night, I would imagine. Good uh, Lord, you're good. Yeah, many many nights, in fact, I, I do hear something beautiful like that. Okay, so I want to get into the Giants and Deshaun Watson a little bit. And Steve Cohen, the, the phone lines are still open if you'd like to discuss him and if you're bothered by it or truly if you, don't, if you don't, just don't care. And I can see both sides of it. I mean, I, I care a little bit, and I hope that there's not, not a lot to that. But overall, I, I just, I just want to win. I don't, I don't need my owner to be a saint, and I don't expect him that he is, and I think that he's done stuff in his past that you'd probably be a little bit bothered by. But I think you could probably say that for just about any, anybody uh, that owns a team in the world of sports. So uh, this will not happen, but I just want to play the audio and get to the calls if you'd like on this. 800-919-3776. We're talking about the Jets and go after Deshaun Watson and how important it is and it would be a game-changer. Well, Dan Orlovsky, very good covering the NFL, said, well, maybe not just the Jets, maybe the other team at MetLife Stadium as well. Maybe the Giants should go after Deshaun Watson. If I was Dave Gettleman of the New York Giants, I would take Daniel Jones, I would take Saquon Barkley, and I would take three first-round picks and call Houston and not allow them to get off the phone with me. As a general manager in this moment, if you ever were going to take a swing, this is the swing to take. So you're going to trade. In essence, what he's saying is five first-round picks for Deshaun Watson, right? And not only five first-round picks, the second pick, the sixth pick, the 11th, and now I'm not going to have a a first-round pick this year, next year, and the year after? Boy, I I know that the old adage is you can never give up too much for a star player like that, but... I don't know. I mean, that that, fe- that feels like it's just an exorbitant amount, doesn't it? And I'd love the Giants to get him. I mean, if I'm the Giants, how how about how about Jones? Obviously, how about two ones and another player? 
Is that is that laughable, Ty? Just because I'm a Giants fan that I'm, I'm saying something like I can't give up. I can't give up Barkley Jones and three ones. How about Barkley Jones and a one, a, a one and a two? Yeah, I would do that. That should be able to get it done. You're giving but, them a quarter. So do you agree with me that that, yeah. that five, I mean Barkley Jones and three. So I'm not going to have a number one pick now under the Dan Orlovsky potential trade. So this is what 2021, 20 until 2024. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Deshaun Watson, but you you putting him into that situation is basically the Houston Texans with where they are now. And they have no way of getting better via the first round of the draft. Yeah. I don't know. That that feels like, and I love him, and I'd love the Giants to get him, and I'm completely unsold on Daniel Jones, but that seems like a lot. I mean, Barkley was the second pick, and I know he's coming off a torn ACL, but he has the potential to be a star player. Like, you know that if he's healthy, he's a star. Jones, I mean, there's a lot of people that really like Daniel Jones, and I'm not, I'm not of that mindset yet. I think there's a lot to be shown from him, and he needs to prove a lot, but th- there's upside there, and three ones? I'll tell you what, I'm Nick Casario. I'm McNair down in Houston. I'm all for that. I, I, I don't know that I can say no. And, and that's what you need. If you're Houston and you get a trade offer, he doesn't want to be there. If you get a trade offer that's to the extent where you're on the phone, and you're like, how do I not take that? Maybe you do. Maybe you do. Nick Long Island. Nick, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, brother? What's up, Nick? Um, How are you? Real quick, just on, good, good. Just on your uh, your Giants pick, I'm obviously a Jets fan, but I think Giants fans would absolutely freak out if you guys gave up that much, including Barkley. I mean, I, I know some Giants fans that think that guy is the next coming of uh, of Bo Sanders and all those guys. But um, well, you know, you know, what, what does that? I I love that, Nick, and I, I'll let you finish. And I know you want to get to the Jets a little bit. What what does that happen? So year one, he was terrific. Year two, he's hurt. Year three, he's hurt. Now we're heading into year four. You're going to have to pay him soon. At what point do I get this great, dominant, dynamic running back, Saquon Barkley? I mean, I don't know. I, I still think it's too early to tell. I mean, running backs, too it's early. One of the most physical, it's one of the most physical positions in sports, I think. Come like, on. Uh, you knew that Ezekiel Elliott know, but... was great three years in. He had three sensational seasons. You look at the great run. And uh, listen, he's great, but he's not healthy. It's the same thing that I sit here and I talk about with Sam Darnold. You know, yeah, now, I don't I know, think that Darnold right. has shown that he's great, but Sam Darnold is injury prone. Saquon Barkley, argue it all you want, is injury prone. He sprained his ankle year two. It was never right the rest of the season. He tried to come back too early. And year three, he completely blew out his knee. So two of the three seasons that he's been in the NFL, he's been significantly injured. That's not a concern? No, it is. I mean, in, in, in his defense, though, I will say the, the, the knee injury, I think, was just a freak thing. I mean, he's, he's running out of bounds, and he just lands wrong. And it was, it was like a, yeah, almost a no-contact injury. Yeah, but it could change injury, the complexion of his career, Nick. I agree. I agree with that. You're right. Um, but, yeah, real quick on the, on the Jets. Um, Listen, Deshaun Watson is, is a hell of a talent, but I I would really love the Jets to get him. I think that if we were to offer them our our second first round pick this year, our next two next year, give them Sam, um, even maybe include like Lamichael P Ryan in there. Wait, hang, hang on, so you're going to try to get Watson without that. giving up the number two pick in the draft? I know that, but like we need, Stop. we need that number two. Come we're gonna on. get, we're gonna get a, a Nick, great quarterback. Is, I love the. We're gonna fan get a great quarterback this. and have nothing to give him. 
Nick, you 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 have a much better chance of giving up the two and not the twenty three than giving up the twenty three and not the two. I know, but it's just it's tough to let it go. I mean, we you struggle to. all these years to get that number two or that number one, and then we get a number three with Darnold, and now but he's nothing. We get a number a six star. with Jamal Adams, and he's nothing. And thanks to the call, Nick. At least you know it's a star. Right, you know that in return you get a, a an exceptional player. If if I asked you right now, and age was an issue, who do you want? Your number one overall selection, of course, is going to be Patrick Mahomes, right? Now what? You could argue that if you incorporate age into the equation, the second best player in the NFL is Deshaun Watson. You want to say Josh Allen? We can have that debate as well. But there's no that he's a top five player in the NFL, age inclusive. You could get that on your team. You think they're going to say no, no, no? You hang on to the number two overall pick. There is no way. I love the fan that only sees it from their side of things. Look at it from both sides of things. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also keep an eye, Carolina here. I are very interested in Deshaun Watson. There, but there is zero chance. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.